Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Coachable on the Art of Coaching. Johanna and I are especially excited for this episode because coaching is obviously very near and dear to our hearts. And the reason we chose to do this topic is because we got an overwhelming response to our last episode with Tam High School football coach, Matthew Lamont, who spoke all about how he created a winning team after 112 years of not being a winning team. So in our conversation with Coach Lamont, he shared some really powerful strategies for bringing out the best in people and creating people who are focused and resilient and have a real sense of personal ownership and responsibility. So today we're going to get into those topics, how to bring out the potential in people, whether you're a parent or a manager or a leader of a team, how to encourage personal ownership and hold people accountable, and how to develop a person's emotional strength. You know, it's so cool, Kim, because I think there's right now a huge explosion of interest and popularity with coaching. A lot of my clients, after they work with me, end up going and getting trained as coaches and uh, end up starting their own practices. And, you know, a lot of people say, I've just always been so natural at listening or people come to me for advice. And that is amazing. And when you actually work with someone, it's so layered and there's so many things to think about. It's not just giving advice. And today we really kind of want to go deeper into what does it look like to be a thoughtful, strategic, process-oriented coach? What does that mean? You know, so we're excited. Yes, absolutely. And if you work for a company and you're a manager, you know, what's the difference between managing people and coaching people? There are times as a manager where you have to put your coaching hat on. So let's jump right in and let's, I think it's important to start by defining what coaching really is. So Joe, do you want to start us off on that? Sure. So if you really think about it, a coach's job is to help remove the obstacles a person is having to achieve their goals. And these are internal obstacles and external obstacles. So what do we mean by that? Internal obstacles are those kind of more emotional things, the fear of failure or being afraid of change or self-doubt or not knowing their internal direction or purpose low confidence. So a huge role of a coach is really, really understanding. I call it underneath the hood. What's going on underneath the hood? And no one can see it, but it's totally affecting that the way they show up. So a coach's job is to remove that. And it's also a coach's job to really help people remove the external obstacles. This is stuff like lack of process or time management, lack of structure. They don't have the proper training, networking. All those kinds of things are also in the coach's realm to help people understand and get more aligned with. Yeah. And it's so interesting because people will, I'll hear managers say, well, I coached this person and I said, okay, well, tell me what you did. And they, they'll say, well, I gave them all sorts of advice and I trained them and I taught them how to do it. And I, you know, talked and talked to them till I was blue in the face, but nothing changed. And I just sort of smirk because really coaching actually comes from the word coach, like coach and buggy, which is, you know, coaches back in the day pulled people along. And that's what coaching is. It's pulling information or answers out of someone. It's not pushing the solution onto someone. And so the key to be able to pull the information out of people, which is really the best way for people to learn and discover for themselves and really take ownership and be committed to something is through asking questions and listening. Yeah. I love the ratio. Basically, if you are coaching someone effectively, you should be listening 80% of the time. 
I repeat, 80% of the time and talking 20% of the time. Kim always says, just imagine putting a piece of masking tape over your mouth and shutting up because the more someone talks and you just ask questions, the more and more they land on exactly what they need to look at. And I know this sounds a little woo-woo, Kim, but every single time I coach someone, I always do a little meditation beforehand and I say, bigger forces, please lead me to what they need to look at. I sometimes have no idea what's really going to come out in a session, and I trust that the more we just find it, they land on exactly what needs to be looked at, and it's sometimes very surprising. Yeah, you don't have to have the answers. No, you don't even want to. You don't want to. And if you do, you have to, again, zip your lips together and not tell them. Let them figure it out for themselves. And so the art of coaching is really the art of asking questions. And I also say, think about like in sales or when you're trying to influence or get somebody excited about something, sometimes the best way to do it is by asking a question that provokes thinking and gets the person to really think and discover for themselves. So let's get into some coaching questions because it's not easy to think of those million dollar questions. And sometimes actually the best ones are the simplest, just like why, but we, there is a model that we love to use when we are coaching people. The model that we like to use is called the GROW model and G-R-O-W, it's an acronym. So you want to ask questions related to each of these four components. So first you want to ask some questions around the goal, right? What are we trying to achieve here? You know, what do you want instead of the problem? So some good questions around the goal. You know, whenever I'm doing an introduction call with someone before we've actually even started the work, one of my favorite questions to ask is, if you could wave a magic wand what would you want to create? Or when you let yourself really daydream about the next chapter of your life, what comes to you? And some people are like, I have no idea. I'm like, a feeling? Oh yeah, I have a feeling. I want to be more balanced. I want more peace. I want more passion in my... Great. So there's these creative questions you can... It's not just what are your goals? It's how do you want to feel? What do you want to create? If sky was the limit, what would it look like? Yeah. Why is it important for you to achieve that? Right? Like what, how would this impact your life? So you want to ask a number of questions, but the first step is pinpointing what is it that they want to create or work on. And then the second set of questions is related to the R, which stands for the reality. So that's where we want to get a little bit more tactical and have them talk about, you know, okay, what have you tried? What has worked? What hasn't worked? What have you learned? What are the obstacles that are getting in your way? The external obstacles, like Johanna said, you know, there are external and internal obstacles. So what are the, the external factors that are getting in your way? And then what are the internal factors that are getting in your way? What is the fear or that, narr that personal narrative in your head that is keeping you from taking a leap? Yeah. I always say, you know, what are the things that come to you at three in the morning and wake you up because you're the fear? that say, you know, what is it? Old, old self-doubts. Does it say that you are going to not make money at this or you're never going to succeed or so really understanding underneath deep down, what are the limiting beliefs and patterns that are really sabotaging this person day in, day out that they're probably not even aware of. And to me and Kim, that's the, that's really the heart of coaching. Cause if you don't untangle from that stuff, or at least ask those questions or understand it or help the person you're working with, whether it's your kid, person that works for you, someone on your team, you don't understand that, you're going to talk to your blue in the face and nothing's going to change. 
That's right. I was just coaching somebody this morning and he was talking about, well, it's so bad because I'm changing. And now I worry about X, Y, and Z. And I, I just stopped him. And it's like coaching is holding a mirror up to someone's face. And I said, why is that bad? You keep using these words, you know, what's behind that. And so that's again on the reality is like making them aware of how they're approaching it, what might be holding them back? What are the paradigms that might need to change within their mind so that they can, you know, approach it from a different perspective. And that leads us to the third set of questions, the O in the GROW model, which stands for options. So, okay, this is where we want to ask questions. So, you know, we love to ask the question, if all the barriers were removed, what would you do, right? If fear was not, did not play a role, how would you proceed? Um, what are the different options? What are three different ways you could approach this? And what are the pros and cons of each? Or, you know, what could unfold if you tried each of these things? Kim kind of jokes with me because I'm always bringing things into action, right? Someone will have an aha moment. Like, you know, I've absolutely loved writing in my journal the last three weeks and I always get, okay, so what's the action now? How do you want to move forward? So it's like, if someone that you're working with is showing excitement or they have an idea, always bring it into action. All right. Well, how can you make that a reality? How, what can you do? What does it look like? And, and get them into thinking about ways to implement whatever that is that they just mentioned or talked about into their lives and then hold them accountable. We also love to ask the question because we do a lot of work with the Enneagram, right? Which the Enneagram highlights your motivations for doing something. And so let's just say you're someone who was attached to always being right. And that's your motivation for doing something. Then a really powerful question you can ask someone is how would you show up differently? What option could you take if you weren't attached to being so right? If it was okay for you to be wrong? Yeah. You know, so again, in the spirit of exploring options, this is where you want to get them to try different approaches on for size. Yes. And don't be afraid to get creative with your questions. Don't be afraid to follow your curiosity. If something lights up in your body when you're talking to someone, don't brush it under the rug. Follow it. I always, when I'm talking to someone, I'll say, can we hit the pause button? Because they're talking to, can we hit the pause button? I want to talk about that. And then it goes, whew right where we need to go. So listen to your own body when you're coaching. Where do you light up and follow that? Yes, because you know, we were just talking about we normalize all of, all the things we do are completely normal to us. And one of the roles that a coach or a manager plays or even when you're a, a parent with your coaching hat on is highlighting for someone that actually it may be normal to you, but it may not be normal to somebody else. And maybe there's a different way that could become your new normal that would probably be a lot more effective. Yes. And that's why really getting to know, and Coach Lamont mentioned this in his podcast, is really getting to know someone that you're coaching goes so far and we're going to talk about that emotional empathy and be really seeing someone. Okay. So the fourth and final set of questions is around the W in the GROW model, which stands for what's next. And this is where, again, we get actionable. We get a little bit more practical and we look at, all right, what are your next steps? You know, I was coaching somebody yesterday, a leader at a company. He has his, perf you know, his goals for next year. One of them is to, you know, communicate more effectively with people. And I said, all right, well, what does that actually look like? Let's break that into bite-sized pieces. What are, what's an action that you can start? 
start taking immediately to work on that goal, right? So, um, and what do you stand to gain if you take this action? And what do you stand to lose if you don't take this action? I love that one because fear will always talk people out of taking the action. And if you frame it, all right, well, what would it be the cost and toll if you don't act right now? And you get them talking about all the things that could go really wrong if they don't. It's like, now that you have your answer, you have to do it. And another really fun way to, to set up kind of what's next is have people create a short-term target. You know, big visions are like five-year visions and things like that. What is, what is the target for someone? In the next three months, this is where I want to be. And then you can work backwards. All the little things they can do like in a month. And then all of a sudden it's a little overwhelming, but not terribly. And it's inspiring enough that they do it. Great. Okay. Let's get into the second strategy that coach Lamont talked about, which is, you know, it was so amazing the way he said he was able to give them feedback or give them a goal or get them to articulate what they wanted to work on. And then he said he would sit back and they would just like hold each other accountable or hold themselves in the count accountable in the, in the face of being on this team. And so we wanted to spend some time talking about how do you get people to personally own up to something and take responsibility. And there's sort of an old way and a new way of thinking about accountability. It comes up in business all the time. I think it also comes up in parenting a lot, right? The old way of accountability is associated with blame and pointing fingers. And it it is associated with feelings of guilt or shame, right? Like think about it. If you did something wrong at work or at home as a kid, you know, it would be calling out the problem. Who did it? How long have you had the problem? Why did you do it? You know, and it just makes you feel like you want to stay quiet. The new way of holding people accountable is what we like to call claim, right? So moving from blame to claim and claiming is about taking radical responsibility. And this is where, you know, as leaders or as managers, it starts with us. So the more we can do it, or as parents, the more we can model for others, taking radical responsibility, the more others will do it too. Our, our people, our team, our students, our, our children. And so claiming is about saying, all right, here's what I did or what I didn't do that contributed to the situation. You know, um, it didn't go well, but here's what I learned that I will, and here's what I will do differently the next time I'm in this situation. And when you talk about accountability this way, it's a little bit more future focused. It promotes feelings of curiosity, of a willingness to really examine and learn and grow. Uh, this is, this is associated with growth mindset, which obviously we all know about. And, you know, I think people are already so hard on themselves. Like when um, clients come and they're already beating themselves up, I messed up so badly, Johanna, last week and this and that. All right, well, let's open up the situation. And like Kim said, I love the question, what do you want instead of this situation? What would you want instead of this problem moving forward? What did you learn? It goes from that defensive to curiosity and it's a huge thing we can do as coaches is really unpack the learning from a situation that didn't go so well. I love to start my coaching sessions and our teams, actually leaders have adopted this and do this with their teams. Like in, you know, Friday meetings, for example, we use a framework called win, learn, change. So, all right, I'm coaching you. All right. So bring me up to speed. What have been a couple of wins over the last couple of weeks? What has not gone well, but provided a great learning experience? And what is something you would change or do differently to get an even better outcome the next time? 
And it's ways that people actually structure performance conversations now at work. Sometimes it's fun to even do like with my kids at dinner, you know? So what was a win today? What's something you're really proud of? And what's something that didn't go well, but you learned about yourself or about friendship or about working hard? Yeah. And the more you receive this coaching and feel like there's opportunity to grow, the more you're going to do it for someone else. Because no one likes to feel yelled at and pointed, you know, with a big finger pointing at them. And you don't really harvest the learning. So huge part of coaching is really, I love what Kim said, moving from blame to claim and all the questions you can ask a person to get more ownership over what happened. And this is how you create growth mindset. You know, so many leaders are standing on stages and talking to their companies about growth mindset. So how do you actually instill a growth mindset in someone? Some people think, well, you're either born that way or you're not. But these questions that we're talking about are really tactical ways to get people to be a little more curious and step up and take more ownership. Yep. So the last thing I think that really was probably the most important thing that coach did to create this winning team was to create the container, the safety, and the culture to be emotionally vulnerable. And as coaches, we can go into tactics and goals and strategies, but really when someone feels seen, witnessed, paid attention to, that's when the true healing and the true progress begins. And so as a coach, empathy and stepping into someone's shoes and really, really listening and asking questions and genuinely caring about the answers, honestly, that's over 50% of the work of a coach is to be really there for someone. And it feels so dang good to do it for someone. I can be sometimes tired or in a bad mood before a coaching session. And after I'm so present, right, with the person, I feel better. I feel more grateful. I, I feel better myself just doing that for someone. Do you, do you feel the same way, Kim? 100% because how often, you know, we go about our days and we have to hold so much in and we have to put up, you know, put on the image that like every, you know, everything's going great. And so it's really nice when someone has a safe place to really kind of unload and they may not even be aware of some of the challenges that they're facing, the internal challenges until you stop and you ask them some questions. So I I also think about this plays out so much in all the leadership team work that Johanna and I do, right? So teams can get together for a couple of days and come up with strategy and vision and, you know, tactics that they're going to employ for the year. But if you don't have the ability to really communicate and trust one another and be vulnerable with one another and call each other out in a, in a kind and compassionate way, or admit when you don't know something or when you messed up you know, then you're not going to be nearly as effective. And this is where building that emotional strength of a team is so important. Exactly. So whether you're coaching an individual or parenting or, or, or running a team to take the time to get to know that person inside out is huge. You know, I don't start with action planning when I coach someone. I start with their journey. I want to know about their life. I want to know about their fears, where they came from, their dreams. And then we can get into action because once I really get to know them and they feel seen, then the action plan goes from zero to like a hundred. It's crazy just being present for someone. So ask questions that go deeper. 
you know, who were you when you were young? I love asking, where would I find you when you were 10 years old? Were you on the playground? Were you studying in the library? Were you alone in your room doing imagination? Were you, were you painting? Were you drawing? Tell me about a time that was super hard in your life and how did you climb your way out of that hole? Like those questions are everything, whether you're coaching a CEO or your kid, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a story. And when you get to know their story and they feel seen, they are lighter, like Coach Lamont said, they're more able to take risks and they trust you. So let's go. I think about, it was just exactly about a year ago that Johanna and I were in the Cape Cod yes. with a leadership team consisting of 10 men and two women. You know, these are hardcore New York sales guys and salespeople, uh, not very touchy feely at all. And we kicked off the retreat. Well, the night before, actually, they sat around a campfire and they talked about you know, one of the hardest things they've ever gone through or hardest decisions that they ever made and, and the impact that that had on them. And some people were even brought to tears. Now it's wonderful that night they probably felt more connected, but it was amazing to see the way they showed up with one another the following two days, there was a connection, there was a trust, and we hadn't even started the workshop yet. So this is not just all touchy-feely, fluffy. I mean, it, it, it is some of that, but there's also a real purpose, right? If you want people to be more motivated or to feel the courage to take risks or admit when they don't know something or admit when they messed up, you know, they need to feel safe. And this is one of the most powerful ways to, to create that connection and create that sense of safety. Yeah. So it's, you know, coaching, as you can see, it's multi, multi-layered. It's not just about giving advice. In fact, I think that coaching is not giving advice. Coaching is knowing the right questions to ask, setting the container for safety, going deeper, getting to know your client, your kid, your, your teammate, whoever you're working with, and really, really stepping into their shoes and getting curious and bringing their insights into action time after time after time and keeping track of it. So the next time you talk to them, you can say, so how'd you do with this? This is what coach said. You just ask questions. How you doing with that? It's a process. Write those notes down, keep track, hold them accountable. Remember the conversations, be present. And so as I listen to you recap this, I mean, this is not just about being an effective coach. This is not just about being an effective parent or a leader of a team. These are, these are human skills, right? This is about being a better, kinder human being. So take a couple of these tangible tips or tools that we shared with you in this coachable today. And we invite you to, in the next week, find an opportunity at home, at work to use, whether it's the, the win, learn, change or, or the grow model, or just, you know, zipping your lips together and asking more questions and listening and see what kind of effect it has on your relationship with that other person. I wanted to read a quote around empathy and it just, I, it's so funny. It came this morning into my inbox before recording this podcast. And I was like, oh, thank you. That, that seems perfect for what Kim and I are going to talk about. It says, empathy is a special way of coming to know another and ourself, a kind of attuning and understanding. When empathy is extended, it satisfies our needs and wishes for intimacy. It rescues us from our feelings of aloneness. Carl Rogers. So it's like when you do this for someone else, you're doing it for yourself too. That's why it's such, like what Kim said, it creates a rich, rich life. 